Brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. MashaAllah, MashaAllah, welcome to uh, our first session here on having good assumptions with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First of all, I want to thank the folks at Instagram actually who have given us access to uh, this kind of software update, which is yet to really hit the scene, which allows us now to broadcast not only on Instagram, but Alhamdulillah across all of our social media platforms. So I want to thank uh, folks there for, for providing us that uh, for the month of Ramadan. Inshallah, what I thought we would do is read from a very important text um, written by a scholar. His name is Ibn Abidunya, and I'm trying to fix my camera here. Sorry, this is kind of new. Uh, Ibn Abidunya wrote a large number of books, large number of texts, but one of the important texts he wrote is this text, Husnul Dhanbila. Husn, of course, means good. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. To have good assumptions. Uh, and dhan uh, means assumptions. So husn is good assumptions. The word dhan in Arabic is very important because it, it implies something for which there are possibilities. Something for which there are actually possibilities. And what that means is something happens to me and I'm not sure is it good or bad. Having a good assumption is husnudhan. Having a bad assumption is su'udhan. And we live in a time of incredible cynicism and we've come out of a time of incredible loss, whether it was through COVID or any other uh, means I see uh, our sister here, the wife of our dear brother Zaid, uh, one of our former uh, students at Swiss who we lost to cancer and we loved uh, and continue to love him. And, and we know that that was a tremendous time for her. We see people here in the chat who I know who've lost people, lost jobs, lost a number of things. And, and these begin to take a toll. And then you couple that with the hypercynicism of the secular West. And it becomes very difficult to find the light in the dunya that we need to carry us to Sirat al-Mustaqim. So what we're going to do is read, alhamdulillah, this brief text that shares a number of important narrations from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as well as early Muslims on how we can create the capacity of hope, how we can have the capacity of hope. Afghanistan, the Uyghur community, brothers and sisters in Ethiopia, even here, you know, in New York City, people were shot today. I saw a brother here in New York City after I prayed Isha got shot in front of me. Uh, SubhanAllah. So these are times that if we are not centering ourselves on Islam and centering ourselves on the teachings of the Prophet we may lose our footing and we may drown under the tides of hypercynicism. So alhamdulillah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we begin inshallah this text and this explanation. Husnu 
and we relate this text alhamdulillah with an isnad back to the writer alhamdulillah as I said earlier husn means something good uh, oh our lord give us good um, in in this life yeah about two months ago I saw a person get shot right after I shot in front of me so I say Give us good in this life and the next. So the word husn means good. Avan, as I said earlier, is actually touching on one of the most difficult challenges that Muslims face in their theology. And that is the challenge of theodicy. And theodicy here means why do bad things happen? The difficulties of life. So before we begin to read this text, it's very important that we understand three important terms which are key to Islamic theology, aqidah. Unfortunately, aqidah is now taught simply to show which Muslim group is wrong. Muslims have so much internal hate for themselves that they cannot manufacture an aqidah to solve the problems of the world, to project light into the world, to strengthen the ummah of the Prophet We have been taught to hate each other so much that the only way we can teach aqidah is by hating each other. But the Sahaba, they hated each other, they studied aqidah and they became one family. We, many of us maybe were one family, we study aqidah and then we hate each other. There's something seriously wrong there. So I want to share with you three important concepts before we start to read some of these really restorative, healing, powerful narrations of the Prophet system. They're, they're restorative. You will find yourself being rebuilt by every letter of the Blessed Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wa The first is Qada. And qada is everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed before time. Qada of Allah. And here I'm using qada and qadr interchangeably. The second word is hukmullah, is the ruling of Allah. And the third word is kasp, kasp with ba, yani kaspul abd. The utility of people that Allah has given us all utility. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us the ability to choose. Not to act in the sense of our physical actions are by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but our psychological and emotional choices are what Allah has given us freedom to choose. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to say to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi when he threw the dirt in the face of his enemies. You didn't throw it, Allah threw it. So Allah has granted us the moral compass to make choices. And that's why sometimes you decide to do something and physically you can't do it because you do not control your physical body, your physical, your physical body and everything, every action you see in the world is by the decree of kun fayakun subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. So that takes us to the meaning of these three words, and I want to make this rather quickly, quick. The first is that qada 
and the hukum of Allah, and this is where Muslims sometimes get confused, can actually contradict one another. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to believe, but he decreed that Abu Jahl would be a kafir, and he decreed that Abu Bakr would be a believer. So the hukum of Allah is why he sent prophets. The hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the way that we make sense of a chaotic, cynical world. And that's why we consider Islam a rahmah. And whoever doesn't have access to revelation in the prophets is lost, incapable of understanding the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that pierces through the world in this extremely bright light through the prophets and books. So the qada of Allah is that some people are going to drink. The command of God is don't drink. People will ask, then how is Allah going to judge us? And that's a fair question. And that takes us to the third component of our discussion is the choice, the utility, the moral compass that Allah has given us freedom to choose in. Right? Allah subhanahu wa says, we show people how to live their life. They choose whether to live right or to live wrong. So the Muslim, this is very important. The Muslim is the one who when faced with the contradiction of qada and the ruling, submits to the ruling. That's what it means to submit to Allah. So when Ibrahim is commanded to slaughter his son, he submits to Allah. The secular world would have said the knife is abuse. But his faith in Allah's command, he knew that in the knife was life. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa says, after that, we, we made his offspring abundant. From that moment came life because he submitted to Allah. So qada is the defined decree that existed before creation, predestination. The hukum is what's right and what's wrong, found through books and prophets. They can contradict. And the third is the utility, and if somebody wants to write notes, the kasb. K-A-S-A-B of the servant. And the Muslim is the one who chooses the hukum of Allah, submits to the hukum of Allah, even if the entire world is falling apart. And that's what makes them Muslim to Allah, not Muslim to the dunya. That's what makes them Muslim to Allah and not Muslim to shaitan or Muslim to their nafs. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ and this is the main job of the prophets, to help increase our capacity to understand that the barakah and the blessing is in submitting to the hukum. It's not easy, of course. It's not easy. 
And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us, we'll, we'll, we'll add every night a little something about theology, just so people will be able to build their literacy of these important concepts. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us two important qualities that will carry us through those moments where the qada and the hukum don't align. When they align, we exercise gratitude. When they contradict, we exercise resilience. And that's why we say that iman rests between shukr and sabr. Between gratitude and resilience. And that's why we need each other as an ummah. When we talk about supporting one another as Muslims, it means, mashallah, that we support one another, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, in the face of these contradictions. Those contradictions, those probabilities, whether it's good or bad, that's called dhun. Dhun is the inability of tarjih. I have to have something's happened to me. I can either assume God hates me or God is testing me for a be something better. Something happens to me that I don't want to happen to me and I begin to question my relationship with Allah. The believer, no matter the circumstances, tries to have a good assumption with Allah. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we're just going to read a few of these beautiful ahadith that are narrated by Sayyidina Ibn Abi Dunya radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And I hope insha'Allah that they will help each and every one of us as we live in an incredible, incredibly cynical time not to get caught up in the melancholy of this age and to see that husnul dhan billah is an important component of practical tawheed. Everybody has theoretical tawheed. What we want is practical tawheed. And we see this in the Quran when the hypocrites realize that the enemies are gathering together against the Muslims. Allah said they have a bad dhan with Allah. But in Surah Al-Ahzab, the community of the Prophet ﷺ, when they saw all of those armies gathered around Medina, what did they say? That is what Allah and His Messenger has promised, promised us. And Allah says it only increased him in iman, conviction, and guidance. Let's begin, insha'Allah, with the first hadith. Wabilahi tawfiq. Inshallah, every night until the end of Ramadan, we'll try to be here, insha'Allah. The first hadith is from Jabir ibn Abdullah, Jabir ibn Abdullahi radiallahu anhu, who narrates that I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, None of you, none of you should die except he or she has a good assumption of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا يَمُتَنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ إِلَّا وَهُوَ يُحْسِنْ أَظَّنَّ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ 
So that means at the moment of death, the believer is between fear and hope. They should choose hope. And that means that throughout our life, because we don't know when we're going to die, we ask Allah to give us long lives full of goodness, inshallah. And the word yuhsin is actually very beautiful in the narration. That it implies a person has the choice to do this. So no one should die except he or she has exercised having a good assumption with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith is related by Imam Muslim. And since none of us know when we're going to die, we should try to constantly stay, stay in a state of having that good assumption with Allah. As we'll talk about it in a few nights, inshallah, sometimes a negative assumption with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is masking an unhealthy narcissism, right? An unhealthy sense of narcissism. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bil'afiyah. The next hadith, the second hadith in each night, we'll try to read 10 hadith. And this hadith, wallahi, subhanAllah, it's actually really incredible. And this narration is uh, authentic, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, and that is, subhanAllah, that Wathila ibn al-Asqa. And Wathila was a companion of the Prophet, sallallahu Wathila ibn Asqa. He was a Sahabi. And he, subhanAllah, he, he ran into Hayyan Abu Nudr. And he asked Hayyan, where are you going? And he said to him, he informed him, I'm going to visit Yazid ibn al-Aswad. Yazid ibn al-Aswad was a student of Wathila. Well, Yazid ibn al-Aswad was from the great students of the Sahaba. So that means Wathila actually was older than him. And uh, Hayyan, he told Wathila that I have come to know that Yazid is extremely sick and suffering from serious pain. So subhanAllah Wathila, he said, I, I want to I go with you. Let me go with you to visit him. And here we see even the Wathila was very old, that he understood the importance of visiting people and supporting people. Those now we know brothers and sisters from Pakistan, they're going through tremendous challenges. Make sure you reach out to people from Pakistan, brothers and sisters from Afghanistan, have been consistently going through incredible challenges. Reach out, touch base, check in with people. Here in New York City today, we all know what happened. It's important. We know I almost, you know, I used to live close to that area in Sunset Park. Uh, there's a large number of Muslims there. There's a few masjids there. You know, just reach out and, and, and have that care that we see here. The Sahabi, Wathila ibn Asqa, he has that care. So he said to Hayyan, can I, can I join you? to go visit Yazid ibn Aswad. He said, absolutely. So subhanAllah, they, they, they went to his home. And as they arrived and entered, the, the family of, of, of Yazid became jubilant because a Sahabi had came to visit them. And as, as they became closer and closer, and this hadith is sahih, Wathila, uh, Yazid said to Yazid actually he was incoherent and he suffered from blindness. So he began to reach with his hands like this. And then finally they understood he was trying to hold the hands of Wathila ibn Asqa. And when he when he was able to, 
to hold his hand in his hands, he began to rub the hand of Wathila on his chest and on his face and on his body. And when asked, he said, because this hand touched the hand of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was seeking the blessings of a hand that had touched the hand of Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is sahih. Again, let me emphasize this, that the early Muslims, they didn't see this as shirk. There's a difference between shirk and tabarruk. He took his hand and he began to wipe. Some narrations say the hand of Wathila. Some said he wiped the hand of Wathila and then he wiped on his face and his, his chest. And he said, you know, this is the hand that touched the hand of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa and then Wathila, he said to him, can I ask you a question? I want to I ask you a very serious question. He said, can you, can you tell me something, uh, uh, some information I want to ask you? He said, sure. He said, In this situation now that you find yourself, how is your assumption with God? He said, Qala aghraqatni dhnubi wa ashfayat alayya halaka. He said, my sins are drowning me. And I know that my destruction, more or less, I'm going to kind of give an easier translation, is near. Lakinni arju rahmatallah. However, my hope in is Allah's mercy. Subhanallah, my sins are drowning me. They're abundant. And my 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 death is close. But I still have hope in Allah. When Wathila ibn Asqa heard that, he said, Takbir. Allahu Akbar. And then the people in the home of Yazid, they said, Takbir. Allahu Akbar. And then Wathila said, I heard the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am to my servant as he, I am to my servant as he or she assumes me to be. And there's another narration says, So let him or her assume about me what they want. This hadith is sahih. Narrated by Imam Ibn Hibban radiallahu ta'ala anhu in his chapter on Raqa'iq. And the section called, and this is very important, that many in many of the books of the Sunnah, you find a chapter on having good assumptions with God. The Prophet knew that this was going to be a challenge, so he left us this beautiful information because of his love for his ummah. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. The third hadith, wa'anhu qal, and this hadith is from Sayyidina Abi Hurayrata radiallahu anhu, who said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ana inda dhani abdi bi wa ana ma'ahu haythu yadhkuruni. Allahu Akbar. 
The Prophet وسلم, and this hadith is related by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim and Sayyidina Imam al-Tirmidhi. The Prophet وسلم, said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I am to my servant as he or she assumes me, and I am with him or her when they remember me. Subhanallah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Fadkuruni adhkurukum. Fadkuruni adhkurukum. This is a great question, and I talked about that in the very beginning, that we should always assume the best of Allah, even in the face of tests and difficulties. And our job as a community, and that's why we have to be very careful of how we treat each other. If the Prophet wasallam forbid Muslims in Medina to walk around with their weapons exposed because they may hurt each other, what would he say about the tongues of Muslims on social media? who are constantly stabbing each other with their tongues. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ note the important redemptive and restorative relationship we should have with one another when he said, when he was asked, who's the best Muslim? He said, The one who the Muslims are safe from his tongue and his hand. And didn't the Prophet sallallahu that you will not enter paradise until you believe and you will not believe until you love each other? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The next hadith, the Prophet وسلم, is from Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu again. He said that the Prophet said, And this is very similar to the first hadith, except there is an addition to it. That the Prophet said, None of you should die except he or she has a good assumption with Allah. Because indeed the people before you, what destroyed them, was a bad assumption of Allah. And what are some signs that we have <clears throat> a bad assumption of Allah? First is we use the misery of the dunya <coughs> as an excuse not to worship. Of course, this is not talking about people who may suffer with depression or clinical issues. Of course, we're not talking about that situation. May Allah SWT cure them and bless them and we love them and we are here to support them 100%. We're talking about people who are not having those kind of challenges, but they use the world to justify mistreating Muslims. They use the state of the world to, to not have that passion and worship to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So therefore their ihsan is to the dunya instead of Allah. They don't worship Allah as though they see him, they worship the dunya as though they cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second quality or sign that I have su'udhan billah is I do not have respect and love and admiration for my fellow Muslims. And I am not kind to them and loving to them and guiding them. And maybe I need to be firm, but it's the firmness of love not the condescending firmness that destroys people. As the Prophet said, do not let shaitan destroy your brother and sister. And the Prophet he said that after the obligatory acts, 
the most beloved thing to Allah is to bring joy to Muslims. And Sayyidina Imam Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he was asked, what is it that you love the most after the obligations? He said, meaning like prayer and fasting and hajj, the obligations. He said, to bring joy to believers. Subhanallah. The next hadith is from Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi, radiallahu anhu, who is from Persia and accepted Islam, and we all know his beautiful story. Listen to this hadith, man. He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, inna lillahi azza wa jalla mi'at rahma. فَمِنْهَا رَحْمَةٌ بِهَا يَتَرَاحَمُ الْخَلْقُ وَتِسْعَةُ وَتِسْعِينَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Allahu Akbar. This hadith is from Sahih Muslim and related by Imam Ibn Hibban. And listen to this hadith. The Prophet wasallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a hundred parts of mercy. One part in this material world is when we see creation being kind to each other and the other remaining 99 parts allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept for the day of judgment allahu akbar this hadith is sahih rawahu sayyidna imam muslim wa sayyidna imam ibn hibban radiyallahu anhuma the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a hundred parts of mercy one part is in this dunya, and the other 99 are waiting for us. Ya Allah, forgive us and have mercy upon us. Insha'Allah, Ya Rabbil Alameen, in the hereafter. The sixth hadith is also from Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu wa anhu, bil isnad qal, an Abi Huraira, radiallahu anhu wa anhu, nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ma qala inna husna dhani billah min husnil ibadah. Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said that good assumptions of Allah are a good form of worship. Allahu Akbar. Having good assumptions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an act of worship. And you think about how the dunya tries to suffocate us, how meta-modernity and secularism are brutal they are intolerant if we don't toe the line on things like aesthetics and art and language, if we don't align with their political theories, if we don't align with their understanding of the application of economic theory in the world, if we differ with the abuse and the continued injustice that's happening against the environment, if you were to act in contradiction to anything that the secular world, matter modernity, pushes as sacred, you will see that true intolerance is not found in Islam. True intolerance is found on the other side. Subhanallah. Just take something like, you know, aesthetics, beauty, or what's considered handsome. And let, let someone violate even one of those rules for what's understood to be acceptable. And see how they are brutally dealt with by the cold, harsh hands of modernity compared to, and that's the danger, people want to posit secularism and even atheism as impartial. That, that's, that's nonsense. It's extremely partial towards faith and towards 
morality and towards certain values, completely impartial. The next narration is actually a, an antidote that happened in the time of Malik ibn dinar who was one of the great early Muslims. And Sayyidina Imam ibn Abi Dunya narrates bil isnad that Ahu Hazm al Qat'i qala ra'itu Malik ibn dinar rahimahullah fi manami. Hazm, he said, I saw Malik ibn dinar in my dream. And I said to him, Ya Yahya. And he said, I said to him, like, Ya Allah, like, what have you, what have you sent forward with Allah? How have you found death? And we know in Surah Zumar, it is clearly stated that our souls, while we sleep, at times, if Allah wills, can be united with dead souls. And we can have conversations with him. Allahu mawtiha. Very clearly mentioned in the 39th chapter of the Quran. You can find it under my highlights under the spooky on Instagram. I go into detail about this issue. So Sayyidina Yahya, he said, I saw Malik ibn Dinar. Uh, sorry, Sayyidina Hazm. He said, I saw Malik ibn Dinar in my dream. And I asked him, Ya Allah, what did you send for? How have you found your situation? And Sayyidina <coughs> Malik ibn Dinar, he said, I, I set forth a lot of sins. And what erased those sins, what erased those sins was my good assumptions with Allah. Subhanallah that Allah would forgive me, that Allah will forgive me. And it's very important to realize that no sin's brutality can overcome the rahmah of Allah if someone truly repents to him. So Sayyidina Malik ibn Dinar, he said, Ma qaddam, uh, I have, I set forward bidhunubin kathira then he narrates, and, and these are all from the Salaf al-Salih. So after mentioning a hadith, he then begins to narrate some anecdotes from the life of the early Muslims. And so the eighth hadith, as we finish tonight, insha'Allah, from Abdul Wahid ibn Zayd, rahimahullah, qala ra'aytu hushayban fi manami. He said, he saw, I saw Hashawban, Afwan, someone named Hashawba, I saw him in my dream. فَقُوتُ أَبَا بَشَرْ كَيْفَ حَارُكُمْ I said to him, like, how are you? قَالَ نَجَوْنَا بِعَفْوِ And he said to him, we have achieved salvation by the pardon of God. قَالَ قُتْ فَمَا تَأْمُرُنَا بِهِ Then he said, then what do you advise us? What do you command us to do? Like, you succeeded, you achieved salvation. What do you command us? And listen to what in his dream he said to him. You should attend the gatherings of dhikr. Like this now, this is a gathering of dhikr, alhamdulillah. It means like the gathering of ilm, the gathering of knowledge. We are together, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. So, alayka bi majalisi dhikri wa husni dhanni bi mawlaki. Bimawlaq, Afwan, you you should 
attend the gatherings of dhikr, study circles and so on, and learning the Qur'an and dhikr of Allah. And the second thing, you should have a good assumption with your Lord, your Master. Because they are sufficient good for you. Ya Allah, subhanAllah. The next, the ninth, insha'Allah, as we come to a close for tonight, insha'Allah, is from Ammar ibn Yusuf wa narwihi bil isnad wa anhu qala haddathana Ammar ibn Yusuf qala ra'aytu Hassan ibn Salih Hassan ibn Salih fi manami. So Ammar ibn Yusuf, he said, I saw Hassan ibn Salih in my dreams. And I asked him, when I saw him, I said, I was hoping to see you. So what's going on with you? Tell me about you. فَقَالَ أَبْشِرْ And then Hassan ibn Salih, he said to Ammar, glad tidings, rejoice. فَلَمْ أَرَى مِثْلَ حُسْنِ ظَنِّ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ شَيْئًا He said to him, I have not seen anything better than having a good assumption with Allah. So rejoice, rejoice. Allah SWT in the Qur'an commands us, وَبِذَارِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا You must be happy with Allah. You must be happy with this deed. You must be happy with the Qur'an. You must be happy with Sayyidina Nabi SAW. And we cannot underestimate the impact of a post-colonial world that is now augmented with hyper-Islamophobia. That perhaps as we have mixed with other people, we have inadvertently found value in hating each other more than loving each other. So we know we are no longer a loving, healing community. We are a chastising community. We are engaged in fratricide, cannibalism in the worst form that Muslims don't need enemies with the way that we're killing each other and fighting each other now. Because perhaps inadvertently, we still have a post-colonial, Islamophobic, Eurocentric hangover that inadvertently tells us there is value in hating Muslims. May Allah protect us, subhanAllah. The last narration, inshaAllah, as we finish tonight, is from Abi Iyash. Qala Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Mu'adh ibn Jabal narrates this hadith. Qala Qala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِن شِئْتُمْ أَنْبَتْتُكُمْ مَا أَوَّلْ مَا يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامِ وَمَا أَوَّلُ مَا مَا أَوَّلُ يعني مَا يَقُولُونَ لَهُ The Prophet said to the Sahaba, if you like, I can inform you of the first thing, the first thing Allah will say to the believers on the Day of Judgment. This hadith is related by Sayyidina Imam Ahmed in his Musnad, Sayyidina Imam Al-Tabarani in Al-Kabir. Prophet said, if you like, I can tell you the first thing Allah is going to say. Can you imagine when Allah speaks to us? May Allah make us from those people. Ya Rab. The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say to the believers. And the first thing the believers are going to say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hmm, on the Day of Judgment. The first thing, may Allah make us from these people who hear this. The first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say is, هَلْ أَحْبَبْتُمْ لِقَائِي 
هل أحببتم لقائي؟ Do you love Do you love meeting me? سبحان الله. سيدة عائشة نريد تحديث من أحب لقاء الله أحب الله لقاءه. Who loves to meet Allah? Allah loves to meet them. And Sayyidina Imam Al-Qurtubi in a tathkira, he mentions that Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, at the time of his death, the angel of death came to him and said, Allah has commanded me to take your soul. And Sayyidina Ibrahim, he said, what kind of friend takes the soul of his friend? And the angel said, what type of friend hates to meet his friend? <laughs> what type of friend hates to meet his friend? So the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say to the believers per this authentic hadith is, هَلْ أَحْبَبْتُمْ لِقَائِي You love to meet me? And the believers, they're going to respond, Naam, Ya Rab. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely our creator. فَيَقُولُ لِمَا Allah SWT will say to them, why? فَيَقُولُونَ رَجَوْنَا عَفْوَكَ وَمَغْفِرَتَكَ We hoped in the dunya. We hoped in your pardon. And we hoped in your forgiveness. رَجَوْنَا عَفْوَكَ وَمَغْفِرَتَكَ فَيَقُولُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ قَدْ وَجَبَتْ لَكُمْ مَغْفِرَتِي Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, My forgiveness now is obligatory for you. SubhanAllah, this is the first thing. Allah is going to say to the believers on the, in the hereafter, هَلْ أَحْبَبْتُمْ لِقَائِي You love to meet me? قَالَ نَامْ يَا رَبْ Absolutely. قَالَ لِمَا why? They're going to say, رَجَوْنَا عَفْوَكَ وَمَغْفِرَتَكَ Because we used to hope in your pardon and your forgiveness. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, very beautifully, قَدْ وَجَبَتْ لَكُمْ مَغْفِرَتِي My forgiveness is now an obligation for you. Inshallah, we're going to stop here. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumallahu khairan. Inshallah, I'm working to finish this translation of all these narrations so we can share them with people on YouTube and Facebook. On Instagram, unfortunately, they won't let me share it using this format. And just a quick announcement. As you know, we run a school, Suhaib Web Institute. We need 500 people this Ramadan to sign up. It's only $9.99 a month, and this is the kind of education we provide you, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, at Swiss, restorative, transformative, and informed. So it's a restorative, transformative, and informed, alhamdulillah. And we love the ummah of the Prophet, sallallahu And so we, we don't take money from governments. We don't take money from rich donors. We take money from the blue-collar worker. So if you can, visit swahibweb.com, enroll. Only $9.99 for your entire family, for all of our classes, alhamdulillah. Classes like this, and inshallah, you'll help us grow. We need 500 subscribers. 
inshallah this month of Ramadan. We'll see you inshallah tomorrow. Sama uh, sama to my Malaysian brothers and sisters. Terima kasih. Alhamdulillah. Ustaz nak pagi inshallah Malaysia inshallah. And I hope inshallah to visit. I just said in Malay, uh, Malaysian. As we finished, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in Malaysia. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in Somalia, in Kenya, and Ethiopia. Ethiopia, where there's a tremendous conflict happening. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Macedonia. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Uzbekistan. Our brothers and sisters, alhamdulillah, in Crimea. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bi asma'ihi kulliha wa sifat al-ula an yahfadha ikhwanana wa akhawatana bil-hind. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our brothers and sisters in India. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the people of Pakistan with khair and to give them goodness. We pray for our family in Afghanistan. I have relatives, subhanahu from Afghanistan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an yahfadhahum wa yuslih baalahum wa thabit aqdamahum, inshaAllah. Pray for brothers and sisters, our Uyghur brothers and sisters in East Turkmenistan, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, West, uh, East Turkmenistan, We pray for our brothers and sisters in Yemen, in Palestine, in Syria, in Iraq, in all over the world, in England, in Canada, in Australia, alhamdulillah, in Brunei, in Indonesia. We pray for brothers and sisters in the UK, in Ireland, in Spain, in Africa, alhamdulillah, in Egypt, in Maghrib, Syria, in Canada. Allahumma thabit qulub al-Muslimin al-Haq. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put the hearts of the Muslims upon truth. Kama nas'aluhu subhanahu wa ta'ala and yu'alif bayna qulubina to unite our hearts insha'Allah. We ask Allah and yaj'alna sababa li rafi'i karimatihi wa deeni. Ask Allah to make us a means that his religion is raised, alhamdulillah, and given dignity. We ask Allah to bless our marriages, to bless our children. We pray for our new Muslim brothers and sisters and their parents and their family, who they are struggling with in this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open doors for you, inshallah. We pray for our sick uh, brothers and sisters across the globe. We know that during Ramadan, a number of our beloveds are struggling with mental health and depression and loneliness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase you in goodness, and to re relieve your sorrow and to replace it, inshallah, with love and warmth. And we pray for those pregnant, Women who are unable to fast and are worried about their children, may Allah give you dhuriyat, inshallah, salihat, and for the fathers as well. We pray for our parents, may Allah forgive them and guide them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, open the doors of, of khair to them and for our siblings. We pray for our friends and anyone we know who may be sick or ill. We pray for brothers and sisters who may be struggling with eating disorders like bulimia and anorexia. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect them this month. And we pray, pray for brothers and sisters who may, subhanAllah, be suffering with abuse. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the abuse from them and to show them a way out of this difficulty and to allow us as a community to be at their service. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَجْمَعْنَا مَا سَيْدْنَا حَبِيبِنَا مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ كَمَا أَمَنَّا بِهِ وَلَمْ نَرَاءُ We ask Allah to unite us with the Prophet as we believe in him and haven't seen him. Allahumma jama'ana ma'a Sayyidina wa Habibina Rasulillah. O Allah, unite us with him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-musim. Alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Inshallah, we'll see you all tomorrow evening.
Inshallah, around the same time, 11.30 p.m. Every night we try to read 10 important narrations, 10 important hadith from this book, Husnul Dhan Billah of Sayyidina Imam Ibn Abi Dunya. Barakallahu fikum. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.